Hello, I'm Don Alcoholic coming to you from the uh, Sports and Spiritual Library here in my grown apartment. And I missed a lot of drama about some car troubles and stuff like that. So, what we're doing is I'm going to read another prodigy, another prodigal story. And um, it goes, Hello, pal. Hello, buddy. Have a drink. Got one. Come over on the next stool. I'm lonesome. Hell of a world. You said it, brother. Hell of a world. You <clears throat> You taking right? My gin. More gin. God, I'm up against it now. How's that? Oh, same old hell, hell, hell. She's going to leave me now. Your wife? Yeah. How am I going to live? Can't go home like this. Too damn drunk to stay out. Can't land in jail. Well, if I stay out, ruin my business. Business going anyway. Business going anyway. Break her, break her heart. Where is she? You ask. She's at the store working. I guess. Probably eating her heart out waiting for, waiting for me. What time is it? Seven o'clock. <laughs> Store's been closed in an hour. She's gone home for now. Well, what the hell? Have one more, then I'll go. That is a hazy recollection of my last debauch. Debauch. Nearly a year ago now. Over t by the time my new my new barfly friend. And I had soaked up several more. I was shedding tears, and he, in the tender throes of a drunken, drunken sympathy, was working out a guaranteed plan whereby my wife would greet me with great joy and outspread arms as soon as we got home. Yes, we were going to my home. He was the finest fixer in the world. He knew all about how to handle wives. He admitted that. So two drunks, now lifetime buddies, stumbled out and arm in arm, headed up the hill towards house, towards home. Draft of cool air cleared some of the fog away from my befuddled brain. Wait a minute. What's that so-and-so plan of yours? I gotta know about it. I said, I got to know what you're what you're going to say and what I say. The plan was a honey. All I had to do was lead me to up to the apartment, ring the bell, ask my wife if I was her husband, then tell her that he had found me down at the uh, river about to pump about to jump from the bridge and save my life. That's all there is to it, he kept mumbling, over and over. It works every time. Never fails. On up the hill we staggered. Then my lifesaver got a better idea that would clinch the deal. You have to go home first and put on a clean linen. Couldn't let the nice lady see a dirty shirt. I saw it all right. Maybe he'd have a bottle at his home. 
So he stumbled up to his place, a dreary third floor back room on a third straight on a third rate street. I have a hazy recollection of that place, but have never been able to find it since. There was a photograph of a quite pretty girl on the dresser. He told me it was a picture of his wife and that she had kicked him off because he was drunk. You know how women are, he said. Some fixer. He did not he put he did put on a clean shirt. Alright. And then he reached into his drawer and pulled out a thirty-eight caliber revolver. That gave me quite a sobering shock. <clears throat> Excuse me. I reached for the gun, realizing in a hazy way that there was trouble. He began to pull the trigger. At every moment, I expected to hear an explosion. But the gun was empty. He proved it. And he got a new idea. To reconcile my wife and make her happy, he would tell her the gun was mine. I stood on a bridge, that gun on my head, and that he had snatched it away, just in time to save my life. God Almighty, God Almighty must have, at this moment, granted me a flash of sanity. I quickly excused myself while he was completing his toilet and on the present or on the pretext of phoning my wife rushed noisily down the, down the stairs and down the street with all my might. Some blocks, some blocks away I came to the drugstore, bought a pint of gin and drunk half of it in several large gulfs staggering on up to my apartment and tumbled into bed fully dressed, dead drunk, been there before, trust me, it's not fun, um, what I was just going to say is that, this reminds me so much of myself, crazy, crazy ass notion she used to come up with in a bar room to, to fool somebody, like a wife, this wasn't any new terror for my wife, this sort of thing had been going on for several years, only I was getting worse and worse with each drunken spree and more difficult to handle. Only the previous day I had been in an accident. A good Samaritan saw my condition, got me away quickly before the police came and drove me back to my home. I was dreadfully drunk that day and my wife consulted a lawyer as preliminary to entering divorce action. I swore to her that I wouldn't drink again. And within 24 hours, here I was in bed, dead drunk. Several months previously, I had spent a week in a New York hospital for alcoholics and came out, came out feeling that everything would be all right. Then I began to think that I had I think I had the thing licked. I could practice some little controlled drinking. I knew I couldn't make, I knew I couldn't take much, but just one drink before dinner? 
That went all right, too. Sure, I had a lick now. The next step was to take one quick one at noon and cover it up with a milkshake. To make it doubly sure, I'd have, double, I'd have ice cream put into the milkshake. And then, to help me, I don't know what the next step down was. But I surely landed at the bottom with an awful, heartbreaking thud. The next morning was June 7th. I recall that date so well because the 6th is my daughter's birthday. And that, by the grace of God, was my last spree. That morning I was afraid to open my eyes. Surely my wife would have kept her promise and left me. I love my wife. It is a paradox. I know what I did and do. What? When did I stir? I'm sorry, when I did stir, there she was, sitting at my bedside. Come on, she said, get up. Bathe, shave, and dress. We're going to New York this morning. New York, I said, to the, to the hospital? Yes. I haven't any money to pay a hospital. I know you haven't, she said. But I, but I arranged it all last night over a long distance. And I'm going to give you the one chance once again. If you let me down this time, that's all there is. Well, I went into the hospital again feeling like a whip, feeling like a whipped cur. My wife pleaded with the doctor to please do something to save her husband, to save her home to save our business and our self-respect. The doctor assured us that he really had something for me this time that would work and with that faint hope, we separated. She too hurried back home, 150 miles away, and carry on the work of two people and sit trembling and fearful there in what seemed to be a shameful place. Four days later, a man called on me, seemed interested to know how I was coming along. He told me that he too had been there several times and had now found relief. That night, another, another man came. He too had suffered the one he too had suffered the same trouble and told how he had been, how he and the other fellow and several more had been released from alcohol. The next day a fine fellow came and in a halting but effective way told me he had placed himself in God's hands in keeping. Almost before I knew it, I was asking God to clean me up. I suppose there are many who feel a strong resentment against such spiritual approach. Some of the Alcoholics Anonymous who I have met since that day tell me they had difficulty in accepting a simple day-to-day -day plan of faith. In my case, I was ripe for such an opportunity. 
perhaps because of early religious training. I have always, it seems, had a keen sense of the keen sense of the fact and presence of God. That too, like loving my wife at the same time, hurting her so dreadfully and paradoxical. But it's a fact. I knew that God was there, infinite love, and yet somehow I kept drifting further apart, further and further away. But now do I feel now I do feel that my heart and mind are tuned in, and by his grace there will be no more alcoholic static. On making this final statement, not just another resolution to let God be first in my way, the whole outlook and horizon brightened up in a manner which I I'm unable to describe, except to say that it was glorious. The following day was Monday, and my alcoholic friend insisted that I check out from the hospital and come over to his house in Jersey. I did that, and there I found a lovely wife and children all so happy about the whole thing. The next, time, the next night I was taken in a meeting at my home of an ex-alcoholic in Brooklyn, where to my surprise, there was more than 30 more men like myself telling of a lot of liberty of living unmatched by anything I had ever seen. Since returning to my house, life has been so different. I have paid off my old debts, have money enough for, di for different calls, or for decent calls, and some to use in helping others. A thing that I enjoyed doing, but didn't do when I had to contribute so generously to alcohol. I am trying to help other alcoholics. At this writing, there are four of us working, all of whom have been kicked around dreadfully. There is no cocky feeling about this for me. I know I am an alcoholic and I will, and while I used to call, call on God to help me, my conclusion is that I was simply asking God to help me drink alcohol without his hurt, without his, without his hurting me. Which is a far different thing than asking him to help me not to drink at all. So here I stand, living day to day in his presence, and it is wonderful. This prodigal came home. What's he up to? Well, if no one else has told you they love you today, I do, and that is with the power of love. Thanks.